Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So yesterday's Monday Night Football game, probably one of the most watched this season. It was a battle between two AFC behemoths. Buffalo Bills and the Bengals. Everyone in Chiefs Kingdom was rooting for the Bengals, and it seemed early on they were in control. They went down, got the ball first, marched, scored a touchdown, held the Bills to a field goal back on their next offensive drive. Probably one of the most horrific situations I've ever seen broadcast, and literally everyone's watching this. Prayers and thoughts going out to DeMar Hamlin. Uh, not a good situation, though. Well, he is. He's still with us. He's in the hospital. He's in uh, sedated, of course. That's standard procedure for anybody who's had an attack like this. Uh, not to be misconstrued, folks, it at- occurred after he had made a tackle, but this is not a football-related circumstance. This is a cardiac arrest that happened on the field, and it has, and I'm uh, amazed that ESPN did not and, and to my knowledge, even mentioned this at all. It has happened before. No, it is not common at all. It's very rare. I remember I was at KY3 when uh, Chuck Hughes of the Detroit Lions, he had a fatal heart attack on the field in a game. Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, late in the season. I'll not forget it. He was a, uh, he was a good player from uh, Texas Western, now called Texas El Paso. And he's running as a decoy wide receiver. Goes out, the pass wasn't to him. Trotting back to the huddle, it's late in the game. Went down on his knees, holding his chest, and started convulsing on the field. Very much the same as DeMar Hamlin. Happened right in front of Dick Butkus. And Dick Butkus, Mr. Tough Guy and all that, first thing he did was leap in the air and motion both sides get out here. This is serious. And it was, and as it turned out, Hughes never recovered. He passed away actually on the field. J.V. Kane, does it mean anything to you at all? Mm. J.V. Kane was an All-America tight end with the St. Louis Rams back in the late 70s. Great player at Colorado, big kid, about 6'5", 6'6", and very thin. I'll get to that in a second. He's on the practice field with the Rams uh, in July of 79, I think it was 79 or 80, somewhere around there. And uh, he collapsed, went down. Team gathered around. Bud Wilkinson was the coach of the Rams back then. He got the team over, led them in a prayer. He, he passed out or passed away on the field. He did not recover. Of course, he took him to the hospital and all that sort of thing. But the one that's most vivid in my mind did happen on national television was not football. It was basketball. And back in the early 1990s, Loyola Marymount out of Los Angeles had one of the highest scoring teams in America. Up and down the court had two great All-Americas. They were beating teams, and good teams, 130 to 110. They had no defense. They didn't play any defense at all. Just shot the ball. Shot the ball as quick as they could down court and won. Now, they didn't win championships, but they won. Had a great player, consensus All-American named Hank Gathers on their team. Gathers was a surefire pro. He's playing in, I want to say it's 91 or 92, somewhere around there, on national television. And he's playing in a conference tournament semifinal game in March. And he goes down. Goes down on the court, convulsing. They actually got him sitting up, and he went down and convulsed again, and he passed from uh, a heart attack, which was actually brought on by Marfan syndrome. But that's, that's another story. In this case, you had... Hamlin on the field, and the players, to the, they've, ne- they've never seen anything like this at all. This is just a total uh, total shock to all of them. They did the right thing. The NFL did the right thing in stopping the game. 
I don't know what the rescheduling is going to be, when they're going to do that. They haven't made any announcement on that. But I'm thinking the case of the patient, they'll try to get him stabilized, which I think they will. His heartbeat was restored on the field. They got it back. And I'm sure they gave him a shot of epinephrine. That's the standard procedure. So I, I really feel like he is probably going to pull through this, I hope. He hope and pray. Yeah, prayers and thoughts, does. yeah. But the fact of the matter remains, the game being rescheduled, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to change the scheduling, I don't know. It's going to be weird. Um, they have two days to make it up, from what I understand. So, But that, man, that's going to be either playing. I don't think they're going to do it today. It, it'll probably, in all actuality, happen on Wednesday if it's going to happen. But, man, that's going to screw both teams right before they get up a possibly Saturday or Sunday game. But... Again, and this was repeated several times last night, this is bigger than football, it's bigger than the game. We're talking about life or death here. But I will tell you one thing. I'm, I, I, and I've been very vocal about how much I hate Joe Buck. But last night's ESPN broadcast was absolutely garbage. I'm not even going to kid. These guys are supposed to be some of the best at their job. They, they was the most awkward broadcast I've ever seen in my life. And Joe Buck was better than the gal who handled the thing in the studio. Yeah, oh, and that was even more awkward. With Booger, that whole thing was here just is Ned garbage. Reynolds, who has been in this business for 65 years Awful. now, telling you, and, and with today's people, you take away a script and they are totally lost. To that point, that's what I'm saying about Buck because he couldn't say it. He's like, I have nothing to say. Back to break. <laughs> he did that four times. So you're that's your, you're supposed to be one of the best in the country? Garbage town, man. Anyway, prayers and thoughts going out to DeMar Hamlin. And I know, like I said, this is bigger than football. A lot of stuff on the line, though. It's just, it's it, you never consider this to happen at this point in the season, nope. especially with these guys at the peak of their health at 24. It's it's just terrific. Yeah, let me, let me, add an addendum to that you never you know. never know what's going on under the hood sometimes you are absolutely right there well, is a situation I don't know whether it's his case called Marfan syndrome which you cannot detect ahead of time it just happens people are it happens to individuals who are tall and thin usually about six four six five six six with very long fingers and hands and you usually suspect that when you see somebody like that not always the case. It was in Gather's case. It was in J.B. Kane's case. It was not in Chuck Hughes' case. But this Marfan syndrome, which is a narrowing of the heart channel or the, the blood vessels into the heart, it's congenital. And may have happened in this case, too. We'll find out later on. Uh, well, prayers and thoughts. Hopefully they can get him out. And uh, we will let you know what happens with that game when it's going to be rescheduled, if it even is at all. All right. So we had to wait till Monday to find out what this weekend's football schedule is going to be like in the final regular season home game. Chiefs Raiders originally was a TBD on Sunday, but we knew that there was a possibility they were going to flex it, which they did to Saturday, 3.30 start. Ned Talk starts at 1.00. Why did they move it to Saturday? Well, it, you use the term flex, and that's what we all call it. That isn't really the case because the NFL in their contract with TV has their 18th week. They have the liberty of changing games regardless, depending on what happens. So this is not the first time the Chiefs last year with their game with the Denver Broncos was moved to Saturday, too, as well. All right, why did they do that with the Chiefs? Well, number one, it's because they're the Chiefs, and they are a great TV draw. And ESPN and ABC, which has these games, wanted somebody wanted a good lead in to their doubleheader on Saturday, which they're allowed to do. Okay, so they put the Chiefs there. No playoff implications involved. The Chiefs are in, the Raiders are not. But what was involved is home field advantage. So they thought, well, that's a pretty good attraction. And you have Patrick Mahomes. That's a big deal. Number two, hey, it's 
Kansas City. And you want Kansas City on TV as much as you can. So I think all of that fell into the circumstances. It was last year when they played the Denver Broncos on a Saturday. It was this year when they played the Raiders on a Saturday. Does it change your schedule at all? That's that's what I'm curious about. Uh, no, no, no. We we Because we kind of knew that it was a possibility. Um, originally, we were going to do the pep rally day before. But now we're just going to do it leading into the game. So we'll just start drinking at 11 that day. <laughs> go up to the pool at 1 and watch the game. Which is, I mean, I, which is what I was going to do anyway on Sunday so I mean we're in Las Vegas you might as well that's the whole point of course if you are going west uh, get a hold of us um, we will have a pep rally at the Overhang Bar and Circle Resort and Casino 11-1 to 1 on Saturday. And we'll go upstairs to Stadium Swim and watch the game from there. Uh, we'll, get, we'll be posting about it and obviously talking about it in the air. But if you're going, be safe. I know it did screw up a lot of people's uh, plans that were flying. Because a lot of people that go from the Kansas City area, I know, would do a overnight trip. They'd fly out Saturday, go see the game, fly back Sunday night. Because they were banking on it being an earlier Sunday day. Now they're screwed if they can't get off or whatever. But luckily... Luckily for us, we're going out earlier so we could enjoy Las Vegas in all of its glory and splendor. Had some incredible bowl games. Rest in peace, my K-State Wildcats. Right out of the gate, I was like, man, might pull this up. But then it was pretty evident they had no business being in that game against Alabama. I think they really just psyched themselves out. They really didn't look like <laughs> themselves. But they're, you know, they, they did have some veteran players. They have some young players. But overall, they haven't been on a stage like that in a very long time. And... Then you got TCU shaking TCU things hasn't up. Either. They, they hadn't been on that stage yeah, either. I know. Yeah, TCU and K-State, who were combatants during the year and had two great games with each other, and both, I, I thought, played pretty well. Kansas State, I'm going to get into that in just a second. But TCU playing Georgia now for the national championship, I've got to tell you, I'm astounded at the point spread in this one. Georgia is a 13-and-a-half-point pick. Hey, gang, TCU is good. Max Duggan, very good quarterback. Are they in the ballpark with Georgia? Probably not, but not to that extent. Uh, I'm going to have to do <laughs> going to have to do some mental hieroglyphics here to get uh, my mindset straight into playing this game. If I do, that's 13 and a half <laughs> points is an awful lot. But I'll maybe be in Vegas. There's somebody knows something. That's just it. Anyway, 13 and a half points. Georgia is the favorite in this game, uh, and uh, it comes up. Monday night. Monday night's when they're going to play. Sunday is the FCS championship mm-hmm. game, South Dakota State and North Dakota State, which we're very interested in. And again, I'll be in Vegas watching some of the stuff go down, doing a little sports betting on my own. Do it. So I might uh, have to take a little bag of your chocolate chips if you have any left after your pick them uh, this year. None. <laughs> He's owing. It's like uh, the end of the year of taxes for Ned right now <laughs> and that. All right. So again, uh, K State lost to Alabama, but um, what, what do you think so far as far uh, besides Georgia obviously and TCU has made a run some of the best uh, postseason football teams you've seen well I, I was impressed I was very impressed with Georgia of course they are in the number one team impressed with Ohio State Ohio State had a great chance to win that game mm-hmm. great chance to do it they weren't unable to get it done I thought that Ohio State played a terrific game and really is is very much going to be a power next year those two impressed me Texas Christian, obviously very impressive in handling supposedly a powerful Michigan team. Michigan didn't show me anything. Even though they scored 45 points, this was a Michigan team that showed a lot of uh, a lot of vulnerability to them, and TCU was able to take advantage of it. The fourth team, I'm impressed with four of them, the fourth team is the one that played your ball club. Folks, I'm going to tell you this. This is my opinion. 
Alabama would have beaten any of them. They are really, really, really good. They didn't make the playoffs because there's, it's hard to justify taking in a team that has two losses. But Alabama's two losses were by a total of four points. Four points. Overtime one, in which the team went for a two-point conversion and got it. That was LSU. And the other, Tennessee, which hit a late field goal to win the game. That's four points. Otherwise, Alabama's in there, and Alabama should have been in there. No, can't justify it, but they were the better team of all of them that I saw. My God, Bryce Young. Kansas State's good. That's a good football team. Played TCU, beat TCU in one game. Yeah, won the championship. Had some terrific outings this year in a a pretty good conference, the Big 12. Alabama made them look poor, I thought. But it's 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 what we were watching and we were talking about it, and, and it's the depth of program recruiting. Alabama is just, and I go at the beginning we're going to have that we're going to have to just punch them in the mouth as many times as we can because down the stretch they're going to gas us, and that's just the way it goes. But when you look at that TCU game, you're like, well, we held on to those guys. But I, I think the other thing with Michigan is, you think Harbaugh already knew he was leaving. I'm not sure he is. Well, he the, says about Denver Broncos have come out and made a, a bid to him. No, I don't think that entered into it at all. I think that Michigan Michigan has a certain level of football that they play. It's a good level. But their offensive line, which was supposed to be the best offensive line in the country, they weren't. They got, they got gashed a number of times by a Texas Christian team that's good. Very good. These are all good football teams, but... No, Alabama, and you are right. This is a different quality athlete. Bryce Young, former Heisman Trophy winner, his passing was just impeccable. And <laughs> get this, who has the number one recruiting class for next year? You guessed it, Alabama. <laughs> well, but it won't mean a whole – well, it will. And, and they, they're trying to make a run for Georgia right now. It's just been so dominant. But at the same time um, – when we open up that field to 12 teams, all these arguments are done. And Alabama would have been in there. Oh, hell yeah, they would. So would K-State, for that matter, Ned. Uh, last but not least, Missouri State Bears, when they back out on the court. Tomorrow night, play Evansville. The Bears are 3-1 and one on the year. That's not first place in the Valley, but it is pretty close to it. Indiana State has first place. Bears are playing Evansville. Evansville coming in here to play is 0-4 and four on the year in the conference. 0-4, oh and, and they aren't very good. Great chance for the Bears to really get well, beat up on a team. Hopefully that's going to happen. We're chauvinistic, want the Bears to win. Also another big game tonight or tomorrow night as well. Virtually at the same time, in Fayetteville, the Razorbacks play Mizzou. Yeah, it's going to be a banger for sure. <laughs> and then we might have another uh, Wednesday night football game to make up. It, it's it's possible that they could do that. A lot of it will, I think, depend on the players and how they're able to react. The fact that the their partner is still with us and may, hopefully, anyway, hope we hope we pray that he recovers. Uh, that will have a positive effect on their team. Well, I'll tell you, next time something like this happens and the producers or the uh, announcers don't know what the hell's going on, maybe they should give you a phone call and you could say, hey, morons, this isn't the first time this has happened. Ned, you have a great day and I'll see you tomorrow.